Welcome to a special edition of Andre and the Crew Podcast. Your host today is Mr. Andre Green. And I was tagged on Facebook to talk about this, um, a list from NBA legend, Hall of Famer, Shaquille O'Neal. He uh, listed four NBA players that he believe are unguardable in NBA history. And like I said, this is his list, not my list, not anybody else's list, just his list. Uh, Shaq is always an interesting player to um, hear talk about in the media. He's always saying something random or creating his own um, unbeatable teams throughout histories he put together and stuff like that. So I I wasn't I don't really normally um, talk about those teams or whatever he makes because I just, I don't care. But <laughs> today I was asked like, hey, you should make a you should talk about it. So I'm doing it for the person who did it, who is. Uh, Kristen and her creative creations website that she has a business that she does she creates a lot of different things she's created stitch freddy the cougar angel cro- uh, crocheting them and kneading them together she's creating whatever so i know right now i think she says she's been busy with her second job but definitely put in some orders for her anyway you know business help business that's what we do here on this page sometimes well, I'm professional. So let's take a look at these four players. Now, am I agreeing or disagreeing with them? I would say I don't disagree with the players he picked. I'm just talking about the players and what was and what I think. Let's just do that. So, of course, Shaq put himself on this list. So personal opinion, if you if you ever hear me talk about Shaq in public, like if you face to face and ask me about Shaq or what's my th- my process about Shaq, I always said I felt like Shaq could have been the greatest player of all time if he actually pushed himself to do it. And I feel like he just settled for whatever his career that he had, you know, four championships instead of potentially six to six championships instead. One MVP. I think he could have won more MVPs if he would have pushed himself to it. Uh, His ego definitely got away in a lot of his team ups, especially with Penny Hardaway and even Kobe. Then about time he realized all that, but by the time he realized his ego was in a way, he was on the down end of his career, which, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. But he put himself on his list, of course. The only play, the only center he went up against in the NBA Finals that I would have, that he held his own against was Hakeem Olajuwon back in the 1994 NBA Finals. This was like a young Shaq, about 23 years old, 23, 24-year-old Shaq versus a prime Hakeem Olajuwon. And he put up the same, basically match everything that Hakeem did, besides probably passing or whatever. But outside of that, in 2000, he played up against Rick Smith, which was for the Indiana Pacers center. He dominated him. I mean, the man averaged 36 points. He, He killed the man. 0-1 against the 76ers, he played up against a uh, older Defensive Player of the Year, uh, D- uh, Matambo. Dominated him, of course. Shaq and his legit prime at that point versus an older hike, um, Matambo. And then in 2002, against the uh, New Jersey Nets, who was the center they had for Shaq? Literally nobody. I don't think it was anybody down there. That was a crazy series in the own. They the Lakers completely outmatched that Nets team. That that was ridiculous. I think Kobe had like a fifty, like averaging like I don't remember. Never mind. Then after that, 04, 
They played against the Detroit Pistons, and I had to look back at the numbers just to check. Uh, Shaq looked like a basic Shaq. It was like 26 points, like 10, 12 rebounds. It wasn't too crazy in that series, but that their whole thing was um, making sure that Shaq didn't get the ball too easily and making Kobe shoot the ball, uh, try to carry the team that way at that point in time, which actually worked for the Pistons because they ended up winning 4-1. But Shaq didn't have a bad series. It just wasn't a 30-point-per-game series. So I don't know if you want to count that as a bad series or not. And then the next time Shaq got back to the finals was 06 with the Miami Heat. But I think he was around this time he was like 33, 34 years old. And the man averaged like 12, but he's like completely out of his prime. So you definitely don't count that. And I think he had, an, I think he was in the, no, he wasn't in the 20, no, that was 2011, never mind. I think in 2011, 2010, he was with the Boston Celtics, but he wasn't. That was 2011, something like that. So overall, yeah, I'll agree Shaq was uh, unguardable, but at the exact same time, during his absolute prime and his run as the best center in the league, it's not like he had a lot of competition against him. Yao Ming was one, but... From what I've seen, from what I heard from his stories, is that he, him and Yao Ming really never went one-on-one against each other like that. Like, as soon as he got the ball, they double-teamed Shaq immediately compared to Yao Ming versus Shaq. Shaq had to guard Yao Ming, but Yao Ming was 7'6", so that's like a four inches taller than Shaq. I mean, you can argue that. Other than that, you had Ben Wallace, a defensive player of the year. He's not an def- uh, offensive player. You have... I really can't think of a lot of centers doing that time frame. Um, Ricky Young, Dwight Howard, but Dwight Howard really didn't get his absolute best until 2009 through 12, you can argue. Best version of Dwight Howard. And then after that, you really don't have uh, a long list of great centers during the 2000s through, I'll say, about 2010. So, yeah, I agree with Shaq's name on here. The next player he has on here is Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time, shooting guard. And I would have agreed to this until you look at the 1996 NBA Finals when Gary Payton guarded Michael Jordan. And Jordan ended up up having, that was probably his worst final series. So, I can't say Michael Jordan was unguardable. Like Gary Payton was able to guard him pretty comfortably. And outside of Gary Payton, there really wasn't that many shooting guards, I can say, that was guarding Jordan that well. I mean, the Pistons hound him as a group. The Boston Celtics didn't have a great defensive play on him. And everybody else were either out of their primes or in their primes, and they just wasn't as a great defensive player as Gary Payton. So outside of Gary Payton in the 90s, for Jordan's career, no, I have to disagree. He, I'll say he's guardable just because Gary Payton was able to do it. Other than Gary Payton, then nobody else. And then I think the only other player that would be able to guard Michael Jordan comfortably would have been Scottie Pippen, which is his teammate. So outside of Scottie Pippen and Gary Payton, no one was guarding Jordan. Uh, the third person on his list, he has Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, Mamba. And let me think, was he? The thing is with Kobe throughout his career is that it wasn't, I would say he's unguardable too. I know he has some tough matchups. 
I think some of the better defensive players like Tony Allen was able to guard Kobe. Players like that, like Tony Allen, I can't think of nobody else off the top of my head right now. I'm not even going to lie. I can't even think of anybody else that would be able to guard up Kobe like that, who gave Kobe a really difficult series that was guarding him one-on-one. -on -one. Outside of Tony Allen, ah, I can't say there was nobody else really. For, see, the thing is with Kobe, some of the games that he had is because like any bad games he has because he was uh, tossing up the ball a lot kind of like in his uh in the 04 finals against the Detroit Pistons yeah he sh he basically shot them out of the game a lot you know he had some bad game he had really bad games throughout that finals uh of course his first finals in 2000 way too young definitely not in his prime 01 he stepped it up big time 02 fantastic 04 bad series and then you jump to 08. He was epic. 8, 9, or 10. To show why he's the second greatest shooting guard of all time. And then after that, it, after that, it's like he gets older. But I'm not going to count an older version of Kobe getting guarded by some of the better upcoming, better defensive players. So I agree to that. So, so far, only Kobe and Shaq can say that they, uh, only Kobe and Shaq can say they're the most unguardable players in NBA history. And then the last person he has on his list is Steph Curry. And for Steph, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can agree or disagree to that one. Because I feel like Shaq, I mean, not Shaq, uh, I feel like Curry has played up against, not played up against, yeah, he's been defended by some really great defenders throughout his career. And then some not that great. He's been guarded by Westbrook. He's been have, of course, Westbrook. When Westbrook tries, he's a great defensive point guard. Let me go through the list of point guards off the top of my head since Curry's been uh, one of the best point, uh, since he's been the best point guard in the league. Let me see. Let me think. I don't think Ben, ben Simmons could, but Ben Simmons don't guard um, Steph Curry. I think they probably lead that to Danny Green. On the Bucks, Drew Holiday would be defending Steph Curry, and I think he'll do a pretty good job on that because he's a bigger body. The Bulls don't have nobody, no point guard or guard. Maybe their rookie, Patrick Williams, could, but he's a rookie, so I can't say yes to that. Cleveland don't have nobody. The Boston Celtics, Marcus Smart would be the answer to that, but I think Curry lit up Mark Marcus Smart a handful of times, most likely. Clippers with Patrick Beverly, definitely not. The Grizzlies don't have nobody. Um, the Miami Heat, that would be the Jimmy Butler assignment, I would assume. But then that would be Jimmy's assignment. But I don't think Jimmy would. I think Jimmy could do it, but then again, Jimmy's a little bigger, and I don't think he would need to guard him up. I don't think they'll put Jimmy on him, quite honestly. That'd be more of a Kendrick Nunn problem. The Hornets, nobody. The Kings, nobody. The Jazz, it would be Mike. It would have been the prime Mike Conley. The Mike Conley could have, but I don't think. I don't think Mike Conley would have been able to do it. Tony Allen during those times, he probably mostly would have been the best defensive player on him. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Nah, I don't think Curry would have a bad series against them either. I gotta keep looking. The Lakers, that would be who? Dennis Schroeder, uh, KCP. So no, <laughs> I'm sorry, no. The Magic, no. Nobody on the Magic that I could think of. The Dallas Mavericks, nope. Nobody that I could think of. 
The Brooklyn Nets definitely not. Well, I can't say like definitely not. Like Bruce Brown will probably get that assignment, but he doesn't. He's not the starter for them. So the Denver Nuggets, I think that'll be a Jamal Murray assignment. I would say, but that's still a no. The Pacers, that would have been what a Chris Milliton assignment, Michael Brodden assignment. I don't think so. Um, the Pistons, no. The Raptors, Fred Van Fleet. Now we can, we're, we're seeing that from the Raptors. From the Raptors, it was nobody besides what? Because uh, I don't think I don't know who uh, Cal Lowry, but we saw that in the 2019 NBA Finals. So no, Curry was still Curry was on his MVP. Uh, he was on a Finals MVP run for that. So no, the Spurs. Spurs might have uh, the Dejounte Murray would probably be the best option on Curry, off the top of my head that I could think of. The Houston Rockets, a prime John Wall that would have been uh, 2017 John Wall that would have been interesting to see if he would be able to do it. My Thunder, we would have put Luke Dort on them because you know y'all know Luke Dort's that guy. Uh, I forgot the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul, no, even Chris Paul in his prime still no, it still it was still a no. The Timberwolves don't have nobody. The Trailblazers don't have nobody. And then the Washington Wizards would be Russell Westbrook. And that's a no, because Westbrook don't play defense like that. He plays defense, but he don't play defense. Then that's just like right now. That's not that's not taking in, let's say, about 2014, 2013, 2014, all the way up until now. It all had to be other players guarding him. It couldn't be guard to guard. It wouldn't be any point guards or shooting guards. It would have to be like small forwards, like your Kawhi Leonard's, like like the great Lou Dort. Uh, players like that would have been guarding Curry. And even then, I would say no, because I think Curry still has Curry still have his series against them. So, so I could say yes on Curry too. So Shaq, Kobe, and Curry, three out of his four is a yes. Michael Jordan would have been a yes if. If Gary Payton didn't give him give that man trouble in the '96 Finals, that I could think of, because outside of that, did nobody else. And then he own team, and then they own teammates. Let's do that. That's that's a fun one. No one on that Lakers team throughout his history of Shaq being there was gonna guard him. So Shaq is still good. For Jordan, I said Scottie Pippen, and then Ron Harper. Would have been two guys that would have gave, I think, would have gave Jordan a problem if they had to play against each other on a different opposite teams. For Kobe, nobody, I don't think. Actually, nobody. Because I can't think of nobody at the top of my head right now. Nobody for Kobe on the Lakers team. So him and Shaq, once again, on their own little line. And then for Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Those are fun. Those are, those are fun what ifs. Uh, outside of those two, no, that's it. That is this actually. Yep, that's it. So for regular, just Kobe, Shaq, and Curry is a yes. If they had to play against their teammates, somebody from their teams throughout their championship runs, just Kobe and Shaq. That's it. So I I guess I 75% agree to his four-man list. Uh, that's the end of this podcast, and I'll catch y'all next time.